0: Hi and welcome to episode 14 of The Courageous Mama. It's lovely to have you back with me again today. Last week we looked at belonging and the effect that it has on a child's self-esteem and we looked at a great tool to establish a sense of belonging in the family. This week I'm going to add to that we're going to layer it up a little bit and give you another couple of ideas that will really deepen their sense of belonging in your family. Belonging is an essential human need which is high up in Maslow's hierarchy of needs. In fact we know that from just looking at the highs and lows of social media they're all about belonging. Include me, affirm me, make me feel valued. They're not just social perks, they're the main components of self-esteem and we get a fabulous opportunity don't we whilst they're still living at home to engender a sense of belonging but sometimes we need to step out further than just what comes intuitively to us and think about some intentional ways to build up our children so that they're strong and secure for the world that they're going to be part of. It's a world that there's no precedent for. It's a whole nother level of social interaction. So the stronger we can make them, the better equipped they'll be. So today I'm going to look at a couple of ways to be intentional about belonging in your family. I remember I was first asked to speak on the topic of belonging a few years ago. So I brought it up with the kids at the dinner table and I asked them this question what's the difference between being in a family and being part of a family? And one of them replied, to be part of something, you have to contribute as well as receive. I thought that was quite profound, and it's so true. You know, savvy politicians and business leaders have worked this out for themselves. If they want a person's allegiance, they don't just shower them with gifts. They ask them for a favour. They invite them in. It makes that person feel valued. It makes them feel that their contribution is essential. It's a clever ploy in many ways, but it's also a good way of building team. A team will be far more cohesive if it's the sum of its parts rather than if it's just got one person running around and doing everything. And actually, that latter part is often what a family life can look like, can't it? One person running around doing it all. Being needed is part of feeling valued. It's part of self-esteem. We all want to feel significant. We want to feel like we matter. We want to feel like what we're offering feels important to somebody else. It validates it and it makes us feel included. Let me give you an example. If the affable Jamie Oliver rang you up and said, oh, I'd love that recipe for your fabulous apple pie. How would you feel? pretty pucker I'm guessing. You might even become a fan if you weren't already. I dare say you'd follow him on Instagram. He's affirmed your value. He's scooped you in. You feel like a bit of an insider. By that same token, imagine what it does for our children when we invite their opinion, even when you don't particularly need it. It helps them to develop. It helps them to grow. And it sends them the message that their perspective, their contribution, is valuable. I often feel with children it's not just the big one-offs in childhood that matter as much as the small consistencies of every day. A little message on a regular basis that cements the notion that they are valuable, that they're a valuable contributor, will be part of their core strength in the future. You know, it's much harder to persuade an adult that they have value if during their childhood their ideas and concepts didn't inform the processes of family life. But I also accept it can be a great deal easier just to get on with stuff than to be asking the kids for their input along the way. Particularly if you're an internal processor rather than a natural collaborator. It'll even feel quite exhausting at first to be intentional about including other people's perspectives. Maybe you're someone who's more collaborative and you're married to somebody who's not, or the other way around. We tend to marry the opposite. So it can be quite a departure from the norm. We're used to making all the decisions, aren't we? Doing everything. Asking for their input can feel a little bit new, especially if they're quite small, and it will be more time consuming. But as I say, it's the little regular things that add up. You don't have to ask them the big stuff or the really personal stuff. Just things like, shall we stop at the shop on the way back home or on the way there? Do you think I should get the red one or the green one? What cake should we make this week? And then of course outside of lockdown there'll be all sorts of extra questions. You know, when so-and-so comes over later in the week, what should we make for dinner? When the days are busy and you're in get-on-with-it mode, ask yourself at the end of the day... What decisions could I have invited the children into? What would it have cost me to slow down and include their opinion? And actually, we can be quite surprised by their opinions and their insights. And as they get older, we can even start to invite them into our challenges. I mean, appropriately, of course. I find if I share something that went wrong in my day and I ask them what they would have done, they love to contribute or include them in a conundrum that you're having, or an awkward situation. They can be full of good ideas. Or even as I mentioned above, if I've got a talk coming up, I'll often ask for their perspectives whilst I'm preparing. I'm constantly amazed by the insights of children. By the same token, you can share something that you've seen in the news and ask what they think about it. Their self-confidence will build as they start to feel safe expressing ideas and preferences as you accept their contributions. It doesn't mean to say you'll go off and do everything that they say. You're just asking for input. And here's another idea that will boost their self-esteem. Family meetings. Sounds a bit formal, doesn't it? But it doesn't have to be formal at all. Just intentional and with some form of regularity. Just a place where you get to talk about things together, things that are coming up, uh, make plans, include them in the process, things that you're sort of trying to be organised about in family life, perhaps some chores that need talking about that you'd like their opinion on. Like so many good ideas, it's not the outcome that's the bigger win here, it's the process. Creating a space where everyone gets listened to has the most incredible impact on a child's self-esteem. You will be amazed by the results and it can be a particularly helpful tool in a family where one child is beginning to act out a bit, get a bit bossy, push back, be disruptive. You know when that behaviour dominates and you stop and think what's causing all of this? It can often be that they're trying to say listen to me. Let my opinion matter. Let my voice have value. We want our children to know that they don't have to shout or strop or be overly assertive to get listened to, don't we? These family times are a great way to practice that. And I say practice because as much as one person will practice speaking, the others will all be practicing listening. We had a couple of agreed boundaries to our meetings. One was that people didn't speak over each other and the other was that every opinion was valid. And that way we weren't trying to get total agreement among everyone. We were just trying to get them used to airing their ideas and at least get to places of understanding of each other's different perspectives. In that kind of a setting, children will develop the confidence to express their opinions if they know that they're going to be listened to not mocked or disagreed with or put down or giggled at and this boosts their self-assurance and it makes them feel empowered. And you can add things to your meetings like you can add a favourite drink. We used to do hot chocolates with marshmallows. Um, You've probably got some alternatives that you prefer and you can even name your meeting. We called ours Family Circle but I'm quite sure you can improve on that. And then have some ideas of what to discuss, what you feel is up for grabs. It could be that you're interested in their input in a family holiday, although that might be slightly less likely this year. It could be talking about ways to help in the community. We tried to have the odd community project on the go when ours were little. So when lockdown came round, um, I know lots of families put notes in doors of neighbours to say if they needed any help call this number. That's the kind of thing that you can discuss at a family meeting. We had a series of family meetings where we looked at creating a list of our family values. And when I say a series of meetings, I thought we'd get it done and dusted in a couple of sessions. But actually, going around the family and listening to people's values and what feels more or less important was a really fascinating time for us it turned out that, you know, mercy and justice can have very different weightings for different children. Solitude and family time together can have a different level of importance for children. And we really got to learn what was important to each other. And between us all, we got a list together of things that felt important as our family values. In fact, that list is still on the fridge door to this day. Many aspects of belonging, as I said at the beginning, will come naturally, but adding depth to their sense of belonging gives them deep roots. I mentioned last week that your children will take their values from the group that they feel they most belong to. So any form of strength you add to the sense of belonging in family will give it a greater chance of being their primary belonging place and the place that they take their values from. And as much as I love the values and thoughts and insights and input of their friendship groups, I actually want them to be quite considered about their values. I don't necessarily want to impose all of our values on them, but I want them to develop strong values in the family setting. I don't want to leave that to their friendship groups. So just to recap, to feel like you truly belong, you need to believe that your contribution is valued. So, those are two really strong ways of encouraging contribution, having some specific family times and inviting their opinion throughout the days. And as well as the many other benefits that I've sort of mentioned along the way in this podcast, your children will learn to strive for the values of the group, not just for their own ideals. And that leaves them an awful lot easier to get on with, to collaborate with, and to be in a group with which is going to be inevitable and necessary as a part of their ongoing lives. A strong sense of belonging in the family will also protect their hearts as they venture out not only into the real world but into that scary cyber world that is full of traps and places where we don't feel we belong and we can feel left out. And you may well have introduced some of these ideas into family life already but if some of them are new to you what better time to start than now when we're all around each other so much. I hope you've enjoyed listening today. If you have, pass it on to a friend. If you want to connect with me I'm very easy to find on Instagram at the mama or Stanny at iCloud.com is my email, and I love hearing back from you. And do come over to my blog, thecourageousmama.com. See you next week.